And now, on location from Burrowing Owl Estate Winery, it's BC Food and Wine Radio and the Great Escape. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia. It's our South Okanagan Valley Grape Escape. We're live from Brewing Owl Estate Winery on the Black Sage Bench. Our guest is Kent McDonald. He makes the wine at Brewing Owl. Kent, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Great to catch up with you. Uh, uh, by the way, you did a harvest of one of my favorite Chilean wineries, Santa Carolina. I did, actually, in 2014, I think it was. Wow, those guys yeah. are superstars down there. I just love yeah. the kind of wines they, they churn out there. Was yeah, I got to work in the premium facility there in yeah. Tatihue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And you can pronounce it, too. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, well, you, here you are with old vineyards. This is fantastic. Do you, do you, is it nice to be in a place where the vineyards are mature? Absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, it's a real pleasure to work in a place where we've got fruit that's been in the ground for over 25 years. And you can really see over the years how that fruit's maturing and, and concentrating and, and getting yeah. better and better and better each year. Yeah. And I think what we were talking about, we could actually sit outside at the restaurant and order a wine where we can see the vineyard where the grapes are growing too. Absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, Chef Lee mentions farm to table and we've got the same thing on the wine side uh, in that, you know, drinking a glass of Chardonnay here, you can look outside of the patio and, and there's the Chardonnay right there. And mm -hmm. it's, and it's over 25 years old, and so the wines that you're enjoying in 1997 with the first vintage are this, the same grapes that you're enjoying today. So yeah, it's quite it's quite exciting. Kent McDonald, he's the winemaker here at Burrowing Owl. Uh, Kent, what? Uh, just talk a little bit about the lineup in general, because uh, you've got some white wines, you've got some red wines. How would you describe the mix here at Burrowing Owl? Wow, it, 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 we we kind of um, have a, a full range of the styles of wines. I would say we're a lot of the whites, um, two styles. One is kind of the stainless steel, fresh, fruity. Mm -hmm. And then the second style is more uh, barrel-aged and, yeah. and something for, for longer term. Yeah. And on the, on, on the red side, uh, everything here is, is, uh, goes to barrel uh, between 9 to 24 months uh, in time. And so certainly trying to focus on approachability, drinkability now, mm -hmm. but also looking at the long-term uh, ageability of the wine. And, and you have kind of the master blend, the Meritage, and then a bunch of the single varietals alongside yeah, uh, so, each year. So what we do every year is uh, when it comes time for the blending session, which is in the spring, which we just went through, right. we always start with the Meritage. Okay. And so we, we take the best of the best and we put that blend together. So and then from there everything else falls out. So mm -hmm. uh, what what's left over, so to speak, of the Merlot will go into the Merlot varietal. Right. So. Well, let's back up just a little bit. So you're on the Black Sage <clears throat> bench. We haven't really talked about uh, the Black Sage bench yet. I mm -hmm. know we will today. Uh, how would you describe this piece of dirt? Because you know everybody's sort of there's Okanagan Falls, there's Naramata mm -hmm. bench. What well, what is the Black Sage bench all about? Well, the black sage bench here, I mean, the, the soil type is quite unique. Mm -hmm. uh, it's quite coarse textured. And so I, th I think you get a lot more, um, how can I say, uh, hmm. give me a second. Um, I, think, I think here you get finer textured wines. You get... Um, hmm. Like richer tannins or... or Softer tannins. I think you get you get richer, bolder tannins here. Okay. I th we have another vineyard site in Osoyoos, 
where you get more juicier, kind of softer type uh, of tannins. Yeah. And, and so having those two vineyards together helps bring those 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 two wines together and make a complete wine. So. Well, we earlier we were tasting some really old wine. I had brought along just I didn't know whether they'd be alive or not. So it looks like ageability is not really a problem here Absolutely on the Black Sea not. And, and thank you very much for bringing that 1997 with you. So yeah, uh, it's it's incredible. And, and we we do taste through all of uh, all of our wines, our, our library wines, back to 1997. It's amazing how well they're holding up and yeah. drinking. So. So, do you have a favorite at all? I know it's a it's a stupid Ooh. question to ask, but I don't know. Like, I'm a big fan of the Cab Franc here. Yes. Uh, Merlot was a great introductory wine for people, and of yeah. course, the Meritage. But how about you? For for me, I think uh, you mentioned the Cab Franc, and that's certainly been one of the stars for me. But on the white side, I've I've really been enjoying our Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah, uh, it's it's an incredible incredible wine. Just and the flavors and aromas coming off. Of it. I can't understand how good the Sauvignon Blanc is in the South Okanagan. Given the heat here, you would think it would have to be a colder place. You would you would think so, but with proper management, proper canopy management, proper watering regime, I mean, it's just an outstanding wine. Yeah, you get the acid, I guess, which is absolutely yeah, and that that all comes with all. Uh, that all comes with uh, when to harvest, yeah. things like that. Right? So. Uh, and you you have a barrel program, I know that you're pretty proud of what, what what's going on there and what, how are you using that to like for the use of consumers how are you using yeah, these yeah, barrels yeah. Well, you know we've got over 2500 barrels in circulation wow. here, so it's a huge part of my job to try and manage that and look after that so mm-hmm. and each varietal has a different program to it right and so it's just and each vintage is different and so you know a merlot for example will get medium toast where a Cab Sauve might get a heavier toast, and the Viognier will get a lighter toast. Mm-hmm. I've also experimented with other types of oak uh, or, or wood other than oak, like acacia wood. Right. So uh, I'm always experimenting and playing with, with the different woods. So. And and uh, in terms of the oak, are you using more or less as time goes on, or how would you describe the, the evolution of just oak at Burrowing Owl? Wine should be... The oak in, in for wine should be framing that fruit. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be dominating that fruit. Yeah. So for us, we usually typically have 20 to 25% new oak, yeah. which can kind of add quite a bit of flavor. But having all that neutral oak there just helps shine that. Let the vineyard come let through. Let the vineyard come through. Yeah. Let the grapes come through. I know we're almost out of town. I just uh, time. I want to ask you about 2020. Everybody's raving about it. Has it? You've got it in barrel. What's it looking I, like? It's been the, the best vintage since I, I've been here. I think just the concentration of the fruit and the flavors are just wonderful. I mean, our Pinot Noir looks like Merlot. Yeah. So it's just going to be a fantastic, a fantastic vintage 2020. We're going to end it there. Ken, thanks so much today for the update, and uh, good luck. I mean, the harvest is just kicking off. Is it kind of normal or the start time or late, uh, early? It's or? about right. I mean, this yeah. cool springs um, is is uh, kind of slowing things down. Um, but, you know, we've got some frost, but we've got the wind machines going. So yeah. so hopefully things are on time, and, and the, the season this year will be great. Right on. Ken McDonald, he's the winemaker here at Burrowing Owl Estate. Coming up next, our old ME consulting winemaker, Pascal Madavan, along with winemaker and viticulturist Brie Tour, join us to talk about French Door Winery. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, and I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. BC VQA Wine, a reflection of our land and the exceptional folks that craft every bottle. 
Savon Foods is proud to offer the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines all in one place, plus an extensive collection of BC's most popular ciders. And with their everyday customer discount program, you'll get 10% off any four bottles or select 12 bottles and save an additional $12. Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Find your nearest store at savonfoods.com. Sun, water, soil. Organically farmed and made in collaboration with Mother Nature. Liber Farms terroir-focused small lot wines capture the essence of the Okanagan and Similkameen Valleys. Join the wine club and receive delivery of award-winning wines and new releases in spring and fall, plus early access to library wines, complimentary tastings, and more. Visit them this spring to taste in their spacious covered wine garden in Asuyas. Discover more at liberfarm.com. Simply great wines. Taste the flavors of the season at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Their heated patio is open with more space for you to dine safely. So come enjoy a menu showcasing ingredients from their on-site culinary garden. Pair your meal with a new release Summerhill wine for an extraordinary organic experience. The flavors of the season are in abundance at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Online, summerhill.bc.ca. Discover the good life right in your own backyard. Destination, the Watermark Beach Resort in beautiful Asuyus. Featuring spectacular views of Asuyus Lake, walking distance to shops, plus dining at the Watermark's very own 15-park bistro. And make sure to book your spring and summer travel now to avoid disappointment at the South Okanagan Resort that defines easy living. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com for full details and keep up to date on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The legend lives on. Three-Finger Jack roamed the rugged, lawless gold country wilderness along the east ridge of Lodi in Old California, searching relentlessly for riches. The gold may be gone, but this wine, grown in the land where Jack rode, pays tribute to his outlaw nature, a bold Cabernet Sauvignon, truly worthy of that legendary name, Three-Finger Jack, outlaw by nature. Discover the legend at a BC liquor store near you or visit threefingerjack.com. Now, back to BC Food and Wine Radio, on location at Burrowing Owl Estate Winery. Here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, across the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Welcome to our latest on-the-road show. Boy, are we having fun at Burrowing Owl Estate Winery. Uh, it's our Oliver Osoyas Grape Escape. Our next two guests are uh, one well-known to you, Pascal Medevin, winemaker uh, at French Door Estate Winery. Bree Tours, the associate winemaker and viticulturalist at French Door Estate. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank Hi, you. thank you. Great to have you. Yeah. Okay, French Door. Let's talk about French Door. Who wants to give us the rundown? Our first uh, French Door, we start two years, three years ago now. Yeah, three. Yeah. And uh, it was bought by uh, the Shore family yep. and uh, from Osseos. Yeah. And uh, at the beginning, the project was to first to big effort in the vineyards uh, to try to have a very good grapes. And also um, to have also a very important place when you you want to come to test wine yeah. and a lot of renovation uh, about the image uh, and uh, it was a very big success uh, because the wine is uh, 
most of the time they sold out before mm -hmm. the end yeah. of the season. High mm -hmm. quality. Mm -hmm. and, and the dirt, where's the dirt? Like for people who don't know French Door, where's the site? Where's the land? Is the land is on uh, in uh, on the Blacksage Road. Yep. Uh, starting and uh, there is other winery around, but uh, is a sort of plateau mm -hmm. uh, where there is uh, is uh, eight acres, I think. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Eight and a half yeah. With uh, different varietals like Malbec, Chardonnay, Merlot, mm -hmm. uh, Cafran, Syrah, Vognier. Uh, and uh, and rosé, which and is not rose. a varietal, but we're well, let's yes. start with the rosé. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, uh, but we we decided to plant it uh, in fact the rosé. Uh, this rosé uh, is not coming from this uh, vineyard, but we planted uh, uh, Sanso. Mm -hmm. Nice. And uh, to have an, probably yeah. one this next this I years, I, I think, think this year. This yeah, year we're going to year. start to have some Sanso. And for the famous Rosa. Rhone variety for those people who maybe don't know Senso, but yes. yeah, fantastic. Not, not yeah. widely planted here. I think it's no. us and Synchromesh. Hardly, hardly any. That's about it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And Brie, you, you're in the business. You came out of UC Davis. Very impressive. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, it was, a, it was a, a challenge, but I, I figured where I wanted to go. I wanted to get that elevated education to mm -hmm. be able to... I guess provider industry with that. So. We were broadcasting from uh, uh, Blue Grouse a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. So you worked with Bailey over I, there? I did. That's where you got your acid injection <laughs> from the <laughs> island. I guess, yeah. Bailey's tutelage was effective. Yeah. Well, it's great. To, it, it, it's so nice because I think people, it's hard to understand the business in one way, but there's... You're, you go through life and you just have so many influences in wine because mm -hmm. you, you grow every year in the business mm -hmm. and you're infected by people. You you went to Australia and just before the show told me that you worked uh, in Australia for one of the best guys <laughs> I <know>. ever. <gasps> Peter Fraser Peter at Yangara. Peter Fraser at Yangara. Like, I just, those wines, I worship at that altar. So that's fantastic to yeah. have you. It was really special to have that experience because I don't think... Um, well, Peter really captures a sense of place in his wines, mm -hmm. and uh, I, we are really trying to do that at French Door. What's going on in the viticulture at French Door? Like, is it organic? Going organic? What, what's the? What's yeah. the? It's moving. Or, it's moving organic. Yeah. More and yeah. more. And uh, yes, we don't use any more weed killer. Or we don't use. A, uh, pesticides, no the bad one, uh, no insecticides. Mm -hmm. I mean, we move and move. Mm -hmm. And for example, we at this time we plow on the vineyard. Uh, uh, we see the uh, um, uh, we are going to see the, some uh, some grass, and uh, no, is uh, is moving to the more and more organic. Mm. Yeah, baby steps. Uh, I yes. think the vineyard. Um, my goal this year is to give it food. We've got some amazing organic compost that we put on in November. We're finger weeding. We're doing a lot of manual removal of weeds rather than chemicals. We're putting alfalfa pellets in. It's it's really good. And you're <laughs> importing juice from Provence. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Good. Wow, this rosé is pretty impressive. Yes. We've tasted a lot of great rosés today. This, uh, If I was tasting this blind, I wouldn't even guess. I, I would guess right away it was from Provence. That's the goal. Wow. Sensational. And the color, you know, very Provence. Too skinny, too thin, yes. too per too everything, too perfect. Yeah. Way to go! Yeah. Well, thanks. And is it sold out <laughs> or like I, that's what worries me when I taste wines like uh, this? They, everybody says, "Well, they're already sold out." Uh, I think Ishers. I think it's one of the first to be sold out. I yeah. <laughs> 
Well, we had opening weekend this past weekend, and our tasting room staff told us that a guy came every day and bought two cases. Wow. So, <laughs> delicious wine. Congratulations yeah, on that. French Door Winery, folks, and uh, we're speaking with Brie Tour and Pesco Matavan about uh, what's going on there. Now, you brought a Malbec, which is interesting. Uh, a lot of people know Malbec because of the the Argentine rage. Of course, it came out of Bordeaux, more famous perhaps in the southwest of France. But uh, well, tell us about the Malbec. Malbec is coming first from the vineyard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, at the uh, home vineyard? Yes, yes, okay. yes. And uh, very specific, the vinification. The fermentation is a wooden tank. Mm-hmm. Okay, I yes. like that. Yes, a wooden tank. And after, uh, for a long ma- uh, cold soak, fermentation, long maceration, and after is going on the French barrels. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, we press all the free run directly, two barrels, and then the next day we press off the skins and we keep everything separate. So we do high-level component winemaking. It's great. You... <laughs> You got yourself a real winemaker here, Pascal. <laughs> uh, that's delicious because uh, what I like about it is the fruit's so bright, eh? But mm-hmm. then, but is it in barrique after or or bigger yeah. barrels? What, what no, are you? no, 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 barrels, mm-hmm. barrels in yeah. barrels. But it's very important is the wooden tank. Yeah. And uh, the wooden tank, uh, soft tannin. Yeah, like and vats. You're talking yes, about vats, yes, right? Yeah, the, the three-ton tannins. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, and the big advantage also, uh, what I like on the wine also, is we work a lot of to, f- to finish the wine, to have a very soft tannin. Yeah. And you see that these tannins are very soft, and, uh, and but a full body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very impressive. Mm-hmm. You, you have a, quite a good owner. He has a few bucks. And you, you seem like you have the tools uh, to make yes. wine. It's just yes. up to you to, to get her done. Exactly. And uh, for Breeze, uh, there is a, a Jason is very helpful and mm-hmm. uh, give uh, to Breeze, the team, uh, the capacity to make mm-hmm. uh, a top wine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jason Scholl. We're talking <coughs> about the owner, Jason Scholl, uh, yeah. for yeah. French Door Winery. Yeah. So, uh, what about when we go to the winery? What, what you know? A lot, there's a lot of things that have changed since COVID. So, what do you have? Sit down tastings, or yeah. uh, you need resos? Like, how, how we, do things work at French Door? I mean, we prefer reservations because most of the tastings are sit down, yeah. and so that just helps us. Can know, we meet you control. at the tasting, Brie? If I'm not out in the vineyard, okay. then for sure. If um, Pascal's around, does he? Yes, do a sometimes you know, but I, I'm going to <laughs> say hello to very, very body. You know? Okay, yeah. I like o- that. Also, to very important about the French door the marketing is yeah. own is made by the family okay. that mean uh, the, the wife of Jason and the, the daughter of Jason mm-hmm. and it's a totally family mm-hmm. uh, project yeah and, uh, and it's a small boutique like yes. it's, mm-hmm. not, it's, it's not a, a small big boutique mm-hmm. with yeah. but always with a, a sort of a, a, I say always a prestige yeah uh, but also with a very simple yeah and uh, that is a very elegant uh, concept and uh, work very well for the wine also to welcome the people mm-hmm. lovely so we had rosé mailback what what else is available we're almost out of time oh, what, what are yeah my favorite wine that we made this year was a sauvignon blanc i'm in love with okay, it okay i like that yeah. yeah and we also have a really lovely wine that's a gamay noir pinot noir sanier blend and uh, we'll be adding a little bit more Pinot Noir to that this year. 
French door folks, put that down on your list. I think <laughs> you're going to want to stop there on your next trip through the Black Sage Bench. That's a very different kind of winery than uh, we know from the Black Sage. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. also very important, we are going to be at the, wine, the, wine, the Vancouver Wine Festival. Okay, oh, yeah. great. So we'll see you there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You'll have all your wines there. All of them. There you go, folks. That was Pascal Matavan. He's the winemaker of French Door State Winery. Bree Tours, the associate winemaker and viticulturist. French Door Estate Winery here on the Black Sage Bench. It's our Oliver Soyuz Grape Escape. Up next, co-owners Jan Nelson and Andrew Windsor from uh, Maverick Estate Winery will join us on the show. I'm Anthony Gismani. It's BC Food Wine Radio, and we'll be right back. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Claude de Soleil Winery knows that the best wines keep it simple. It's all about the grapes and the place where they are grown. Minimal handling, minimal intervention, maximum beauty in the bottle. Nestled in a sunny, stony corner of BC's Similkameen Valley, Claude de Soleil produces wines that blend the best of Bordeaux varieties with their unique terroir. The result? Wines that are elegant and effortlessly special. Tastings by appointment or buy online at clodesoleil.ca. Free shipping to BC and Alberta on orders of six or more bottles. Your wine collection is your pride and joy. Years of searching and selecting has merited you an enviable list, but it's time to find a new home for some or all of your wine. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offers collectors a safe, inexpensive way to liquidate their collections online. They are experts in the field with the knowledge and acumen to maximize the return on your assets. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. Mount Boucherie Estate Winery and the Modest Butcher Restaurant are ready for spring. Featuring new exciting spring wine releases in the wine shop, along with delicious promotions in the Modest Butcher. Enjoy Burger and Blau Mondays, Tommy and Tannen Tuesdays, Happy Hour seven days a week, as well as the Modest Sunday Brunch, where sweatpants and sunglasses are encouraged. Spring is the thing at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery and the Modest Butcher Restaurant in West Kelowna. Take a break from the hustle and bustle of the city and relax in the beautiful South Okanagan. Get outside and enjoy fantastic wine and culinary offerings throughout the region. You'll find over 180 of BC's finest wineries. From the Naramata Bench to Summerland's Bottleneck Drive to Oliver Asuyus Wine Country. But before you go, make sure to check the website for updates on weather, highways, health advisories, or for more trip inspiration. Go to visitsouthokanagan.com. Now, back to Burrowing Owl Estate Winery and the Grape Escape. This is BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Uh, we are on our latest roadshow. It's the Oliver Soyuz Grape Escape live from Brewing. Owl Estate Winery, our next guests are uh, two interesting gentlemen, co-owners Jan Nelson, CEO, and Andrew Windsor, COO and winemaker from Maverick Estate Winery. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Good to have you. Uh, we've been having sort of uh, interesting conversations with, uh, I, I wouldn't say unknown wineries, let's say treasure, small treasured wineries in Undiscovered BC. wineries. Undiscovered. Yeah. I think Maverick's been discovered, but but it's an interesting small operation. Uh, and uh, I know you guys came from Tinhorn originally. Mm-hmm. So w- why did you do this? Why did you want to go there? And what, what, what's the goal? Um, well, 
Jan. I, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I came back to Japan to, to work at uh, Tin Horn. Uh, I'm from the area. Yeah. And I, I, I worked there for just under four years. And I had this opportunity to go out and, and fulfill a dream. And the dream was to make wine here in the, in the Okanagan. Um, and luckily enough, some of our uh, previous partners at, uh, at Tin Horn, Bob and Barb Shaughnessy, right. um, offered to support us. And so we went on a hunt for a winery. And we looked at a lot of wineries. And it was, uh, it was really just finding the right one at the right time. I really enjoyed um, Maverick and, and what they were doing there. And I thought there was a lot of potential uh, where we could take it in and uh, and and grow it and and hopefully improve it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I worked with Andrew for for all of those years. Enjoyed working with him. Respected his winemaking skills, and uh, and so we decided to to pair up and try this out. Do it. Yeah, and just a layer under that. I mean, every winemaker's dream would be to, you know, have. Uh, Ownership of their of their decisions yeah. and free reign, uh, free reign exactly. And so I'd also worked with a lot of the fruit from the Golden Mile slopes, having yeah. uh, been at Tinhorn previously. We'd, we'd picked up some fruit from the area, and I knew not only did I also admire Maverick as the brand and and as a small business, but I had my eye on the vineyard first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, yeah, has not let me down to date. Well, you brought it up. You just said Golden Mile Slopes. I knew they were under. They were seeking an AVA, uh, not an AVA. Sorry, a GI. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and they have it now. Correct. Where Where are the Golden Mile Slopes? And so what, what is that about? It's sort of uh, the. If you're familiar with the geography in the South Okanagan, particularly between Oliver and Asuyus, yep. the north end is at Fairview Road. So, if you're familiar with the Fairview Golf Club or Fairview yep. Cellars Winery, that's the north tip. Then it runs all the way down to the southern end would be near Gold Hill Winery at the bottom of Fruitvale Way. Right. And that's sort of the end that we're at. And then it effectively goes everything between Mount Kobo, uh, below the Golden Mile Bench sub-GI. Right. And then everything down to the river floodplain that's effectively not yeah. uh, the floodplain area now. So yeah. it's a good mix. Yeah. Have you expanded the vineyards at Maverick or what did, what did you get or what, what are you operating with? Uh, we currently have our home estate vineyard, but we also lease three separate vineyards just south of us in Osoyoos that are not included in the Golden Mile Slope sub-GI. Right. And I'm and also looking out the window here at our latest project. Um, just up above uh, Fruitvale Way, uh, we purchased the side of a mountain. <laughs> and so we are... We, we are, purchased the side of a mountain. You said that very casually. Well, you know, it's it's uh, it's difficult to expand here in the Okanagan because land prices are um, yeah. incredible. And so we were looking around where, you know, where around the edges can you find some value? And we found this piece of land. It's 77 acres with about 25 plantable. Um, we've done made most of the dirt work at the upper bench. And the upper bench is between 520 and 600 meters high. Wow. So it's about the same as, same level as Colmina's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but it gets probably a good hour and a half more sunshine in the afternoon than Kalmina. So we're going to be planting some reds up there and some Chardonnay and Pinot Gris. And then we've got another bench that's, uh, lower down that we'll be doing some Bordeaux reds. Jan Nelson, Andrew Windsor from Maverick Estate Winery. Uh, I want to talk about the Semillon. Just before that, you remind me, though, I met an old guy in Italy, and I was asking him, hey, where do your vineyards go on this mountainside? And he said, son, he said, uh, we own the mountain. He said, from here to the top and all the way down to the other side. And I thought, okay, <laughs> fine, that's enough. And, I, uh, you know, you just sometimes you should never ask these questions. But uh, let's talk about the Semillon, uh, Andrew. It's a 2020 Maverick Semillon. Yeah. 
Um, it's a nice choice, an interesting wine. Not a lot of it made here. No, there isn't. And it kind of came about in a, uh, a, an evolutionary way, I guess. Initially, it would have gone into a white blend that was previously made called Origin. And uh, that was sort of one of the blends and skews that Jan and I decided to move on from. Yeah. And so we kind of didn't really have a home at Harvest 2020. Uh, the logical choice would have been to blend it in with our Sauvignon Blanc, but that was bottled uh, in February. And uh, at that point in time, the Semillon didn't really look very good, so we kind of held it aside um, at that point. It was fermenting in two barriques, two French oak barriques, and then once it was done fermentation in Mallow, we transferred it over to a puncheon, and it kind of sat there in the cellar waiting for a purpose. And uh, kept tasting it over the course of a year, and it started to really, really improve and show itself quite nicely. And then, and, uh, it, and it did his. It flipped over to the honey nutty tropical very thing. Much. Yeah, definitely. And that's kind of one of the beautiful things with Semillon. It's it's one of those varieties that it takes a little while to start to show itself. Yeah. Uh, even right now, I find this wine still quite young, but I look oh, forward yeah, to this, this wine in uh, forever, in a little bit of time. Yeah, like twenty twenty five, twenty twenty eight. Yeah, really well done. Thank you. Not a lot of Semillon. I like that. No, it it it. This is uh, one of the uh, adventurous parts about working with Andrew. As I discovered this semillon, probably about a month before it was bottled. Um, just you know, he's just like, hey, we've got some semillon, dude. Yeah. Want to stick it in bottle? Can you sell this, buddy? Yeah, basically, yeah. it was. Can you sell this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, I one of my favorite semillons is from Lake Hall Number Forty One down in Walla Walla. Oh yeah. And so when I tried this, I'm like, yeah, this is on par. We're we're good with this. Yeah. And, Way you, to go. That's Andrew a good call. Andrew never disappoints. So. Yeah, well done. I, you know, I, I, I'm not allowed to really talk about packaging, but I just love, you know, this is a lovely label for me. You know, the white, the the artwork on the label, the the the, uh, st- is it a, like a stone carving or how would you describe the? So the story behind this, this is label my is ignorance in art coming here. So the original uh, winemaker is uh, was from South Africa. Yeah. And so when they decided to make this logo, they, they took the pictographs in that they had at home in South Africa, okay. blended it with the pictographs that we have here in the, in the Okanagan, yeah. and it was an Australian designer that put the two together. Hmm. So there you go. it was bringing those two homes together. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about the Bushvine Syrah. So these are two really, really uh, uh, small sort of uh, premium kind of labels for me. Uh, and you work with BBC too. Like you're, you're all about promoting local and and. Yeah, you know, it's uh, one of the things. Like it's that not we, commercial. <laughs> no, one of the things we've really, really appreciated over the last couple of years is how the BC market has supported uh, BC suppliers, particularly yeah. through COVID. Yeah. So many places uh, were were held up because of of what um, what the the consumer was choosing, and as well as the pro- what the province was supporting. So. BBC wants to um, increase the awareness of BC wines, particularly in BC, so that uh, our home audience loves our wine, mm-hmm. and uh, and they've been looking after us as well. Even if it smells and tastes like the Northern Rhone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's this sort is of a the fantastic peppery nose on this wine. Wow, what vintage is this? It's a nineteen twenty nineteen Bushvine Syrah. Is it actually Bushvines? Correct. Yeah, Bertus, uh, who was a previous owner and winemaker, had worked in Cote Roti, I believe, and so one of the sort of abandoned sort of slopes and channels behind the Maverick property was too narrow to plant a proper trellised uh, vineyard, so it was done in staked bush vines. And so when wow. I 
kind of come around. I'd worked in Hermitage myself and seen a lot of the same type of uh, viticulture, and and so it was definitely another sort of surprise to to me when we when we purchased the property that. I knew for sure this was an excellent opportunity for wow. us to make some wow, 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 wow. I can't, you know, one of the great things about doing this show is I get to look at the new wines earlier than maybe normally. Uh, it's the first time I've had this wine. Wow. I, I don't that, know. Maybe it's been out for a year, but for me, it's it's fantastic. I believe that wine won at Wine Alliance? The, yeah, the yeah. National Wine Awards. It got mm-hmm. platinum. It was the best around Canada. Yeah. So maybe you did try it. Yeah. Maybe I did try it. Well, there was 3,000 wines there, and and people were bothering me all day long. Well, that's fantastic. Do you have any left of that? We do. Uh, That's impossible. It'll probably flip over in about a month, month and a half, but uh, we've got a little bit left. How can they buy that online? Buy it online, buy it at the winery. Yeah. Get online to Maverick, folks, and buy that that Bushvine Syrah. Wow, that is, and that's going to be, that that wine's going nowhere in the next 10 years. Like, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Wow. If that's our base, then there's uh, good days to come. We're almost out of time. So, Maverick, so what, what are you making? What can people buy? What, what's the focus there for now? You know, uh, we've, we've played with the portfolio for a little bit over the last yeah. couple of years. Um, Andrew has brought a lot of uh, innovative wines to the, to the portfolio. So we've always got some small lot um, stuff. We've got a, a carbonic macerated Syrah that, <laughs> that we put out. Um, we've had some orange wines. Um, what else have we got going on? We've got a Viognier coming up this summer. We have a Viognier, yeah, and uh, a white Pinot Noir, which was uh, yeah, yeah, the white Pinot. Yeah. And uh, what about visiting? Is it easy or reservations? How does it work? I know you're right on the roadside there, and, and but yeah, so what we, should people do? We're open from May. We're open every day. Um, easiest to book online or give us a call. Uh, mm-hmm. We do take walk-ins. We we developed an outdoor tasting garden that can seat about forty. So okay. during the summer, if if it's a nice day outside, it's a beautiful place to uh, to taste. Yeah, and uh, hopefully uh, hopefully the the weather will be on our side this summer. Right on. Uh, well, gentlemen, it's great to catch up with you. Two great wines, a Semillon and this Bush Wine Syrah, folks. Really get online and try and grab some of this stuff before it disappears. Uh, it's really an outstanding wine. I really want to try that in about five or ten years from now. Uh, great to see you both. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for coming Thank by. Uh, Jan Nelson, CEO, Andrew Windsor, COO and winemaker from Maverick Estate Winery on the Golden Slopes in the South Okanagan. Uh, check it out this summer when you're visiting up here. Up next, Michael Coleman, winemaker, CEO of Asoyce La Rose, joins us. You're listening to BC Food and Wine Radio, and I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Take a break from the hustle and bustle of the city and relax in the beautiful South Okanagan. Get outside and enjoy fantastic wine and culinary offerings throughout the region. You'll find over 180 of BC's finest wineries. From the Naramata Bench to Summerland's Bottleneck Drive to Oliver Asuyus Wine Country. But before you go, make sure to check the website for updates on weather, highways, health advisories, or for more trip inspiration. Go to visitsouthokanagan.com. Hello. Hello, this is Anthony Gismondi. This week, our Oliver Soyuz Grape Escape comes to you from Burling Isle Estate Winery. While away, our entire team has had a fabulous stay at our home away from home host, the Watermark Beach Resort in Asuyus. 
If you're considering a South Okanagan getaway, plan a minimum two-night stay to take in all the area wineries, as well as numerous fun family destinations, including the Ankamit Cultural Centre, or to kayak, canoe, or paddle Skaha or Asuyus Lake. We especially love the Watermark Beach Resort for its family and pet-friendly atmosphere, not to mention the inspiring lake views, numerous walking paths, and sandy beach access. Your kids will spend hours in the large pool area, complete with water slides, while Mum and Dad will delight in the spacious outdoor patio of 15 Park Bistro, the resort, restaurant, and a must-visit on your stay. The next time you're planning a South Okanagan getaway, consider the Watermark Beach Resort. For details on accommodations, go to watermarkbeachresort.com. Today's real estate landscape is fast-paced and complex. Now more than ever, whether you're a buyer or a seller, it's vital to work with a professional real estate company like Remax. Lean into their experience, local market knowledge, and connections. They are your market experts and are excited to help you make your dreams a reality. The right agents for today's market are at Remax, with offices in Summerland, Penticton, and Asuyus. Call or visit them at YourSouthOkanaganHome.com. The legend lives on. Three-Finger Jack roamed the rugged, lawless gold country wilderness along the east ridge of Lodi in Old California, searching relentlessly for riches. The gold may be gone, but this wine, grown in the land where Jack rode, pays tribute to his outlaw nature, a bold Cabernet Sauvignon, truly worthy of that legendary name, Three-Finger Jack, outlaw by nature. Discover the legend at a BC liquor store near you or visit threefingerjack.com. Now, back to BC Food and Wine Radio, on location at Burrowing Owl Estate Winery. Here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, BC. Across the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, we're live from uh, Burrowing Owl Estate Winery. Our next guest is Michael Coleman. He's the COO and winemaker at Asoyas La Rose. Michael, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me on. Last time I talked to you, you were in the vineyard. I was. You're running the show? I'm running the show now. Uh, <laughs> still in the vineyard. Still had my hands yeah. in a tractor this morning. Which is nice. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, so what, what, tell us what's going on. So what are, what are, what, what's new at Soyuz La Rose? What's I mean, the plan? There are lots of big ideas, lots yeah. of big plans. Um, the, the first one, obviously, is that we've got our white program, which is coming along nicely. So we planted three acres of Sauvignon Blanc and Simeon and some Muscadel uh, yep. a couple of years ago. Um, our first harvest is going to be next year. Uh, and then we're planning to expand that production by with an extra eight acres of Sauvignon Blanc and Simeon. Yep. Uh, that should come into production, you know, over the next three, four years. Um, and so we're looking to, you know, to produce a Bordeaux style white, yep. uh, classic blend, you know. It's in our DNA. We know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously I've just taken over as CEO and winemaker. And you got some plans. And I have got some plans. Yeah. So, and I said to you, well, what, you're going to change the wine into Soyuz the Rose Bowl? I, I didn't, I didn't want to scare you. Don't yeah. worry. I, th- I think you're like, I'm not, like, I'm yeah. not a fool. Don't worry. <laughs> I love change, but it's, uh, so we've started working <laughs> with a, a new consultant called Thomas Duclos out of, out of Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the two of us have a, we share a vision along with the, the owner out in France of, what we want to Suez Rose to be, mm-hmm. uh, and as a, as a wine, and what direction we want to take the company in, and so obviously as a wine, you know, for us we're looking to a wine that can that can be aged, that can be cellared, uh, and that can still be opened up 10, 15 years later and still have that nice freshness, fruits, uh, and still drink really, really, really well. Mm-hmm. So I mean, honestly, honestly, what I'm looking to do is, you know, maybe always, you know, have that perfect balance between pH, 
acidity, alcohol, uh, fruit. Uh, and I think what's really important is to work, obviously, in the vineyard. Mm-hmm. So start in the vineyard uh, and, you know, work with crop loads, pruning, leaf removal. And then, obviously, the ultimate decision is, is, is picking. So maybe, you know, you start picking slightly earlier. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's a direction that we should be going in. And I think generally, you know, yeah. as, as a valley, uh, as a whole, and seeing what happened in 2021 um, with that, you know, the heat dome. Sure. Uh, I think it's really important that, you know, we, we take a step back and we think, you know, this, unfortunately, in the past was, you know. Uh, so, it, I mean, it's easy to say freshness, but how do you, how will you get freshness? Well, so I think. What, what are the ways to do we, it? What we're working with. So we're going to be certified organic. Yeah. in uh, okay. this vintage. That's a good start. That's a good start. So I took, when I arrived as vineyard manager three years ago, I decided quite quickly, uh, this is something we should be doing. And so the company agreed with me. Uh, and so we certified this year, 2022. Mm-hmm. And so within that, we're looking at how we can work in the vineyard. And so we're looking at, obviously, cover crops. So planting cover crops so that we can preserve soil humidity. Mm-hmm. And that means we can work better with the irrigation. Uh, and obviously work with irrigation also works with the flavors, the acidity, the sugar content. And so mm-hmm. we're looking at that way as, yes, maybe we need to irrigate more, but at the same time, we're using cover crops, using sort of the vine and the vineyard as a whole and looking at it sort of a bit different ways. Yeah, holistically. like Holistically. A, like as, a whole. Yeah. As a whole, I can see it from here across yeah. the valley. And yeah. looking at it as a whole of, you know, where we are in, in, in the valley, mm-hmm. then we can work with different ways to, to you know, reduce the the alcohol content yeah. and increase the freshness there our guest is michael coleman he's the ceo and winemaker at asoyas la rose which has a long history uh in the valley uh quite a storied one too because the wines have produced and the wines there's an ageability at asoyas la rose that that they taught us i think in some ways that yeah. these wines can keep yeah. uh so you want to add freshness to make that ageability even more yeah. more interesting at the end. I think I think what we really want to work with is we have two wines. We have the Pital, which is our second wine, and we have yeah. Le Grand Vin, which is our, our first wine. And really, yeah. I, we, as a company, really want to show that Pital is this really nice wine that can be drunk straight away. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be drunk two, three hours after harvest, very fruity, fresh, nice, really nice to drink. And then we really want to have Le Grand Vin as this wine that we can sell it down, uh, and it shows really well over 10, 15 years. And I yeah. think acidity and pH is really, really important with yeah. that. So you brought two wines today. How do you want to do this? Do you want to start with the old or the I new? I think we should probably start with the old. Okay. Uh, so it's 2014. Yeah. Um, I chose it because I, I was doing a vertical with some clients uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and it was really interesting because you could see how, you know, a wine sort of goes in and out of cities' drinking windows. Yeah. And, so, and I just thought that 2014 was just at the peak of its drinking window. Yeah. It was drinking really, really well. Um, Which is a vintage we don't talk a lot about. Like we talk about twelve and thirteen, yeah. and we love sixteen, but fourteen. Here we go. Fourteen has been forgotten, and, and and I was I was looking through the data, the weather data, and it looked like a. For me, it, it was a bit similar to what happened in twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. in, in in weather, um, and so I think it's sort of two good wines to compare, and it's got a, you know I, I I really like it because it still has that that crunchy red fruit to it, but it's still got a bit of oak. It's starting to develop a bit of those tertiary aromas. And yet, it's still you drink it, and and it makes you want to have another glass. You know, it has that that good that good acidity, that freshness we were talking about. Yeah. Uh, so along with these changes, like, what, will there be other like? What about the wood? What about the way the that the the oak? Sorry. So the yeah, yeah, the oak. So that's you know really important. Obviously, what we're going to be doing in the cellar uh, is really important. Um, and so one of the ones is is the barrels and the cooperages. So. 
um, Thomas, the consultant, and I have sat down and we've you know, decided to go in a different direction with the Coopers. So it's going to be toning down a bit on the new, new oak, mm-hmm. uh, you know, playing a bit around with the, with the toasting of the barrels. Mm-hmm. And we've introduced, reintroduced some new Coopers who we've worked with in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, and over the last couple of years, we decided not to work with them. And so we're just pl- playing around with it just to find the perfect balance mm-hmm. for the Associated Rose. Uh, well, the project is French-owned. It is. You're not from Canada. I am not. I am. I am English. And yes, <laughs> if you couldn't tell. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting. So we have an Englishman with a French owner in uh, in Canadian soil. Yeah. How will the? What do you think about the evolution of this wine? Like it has its own. It does have its own life. It, it does. Like you can't make a Bordeaux here. You can't. And this is what we always say: is that we we're not trying to make a Bordeaux. Yeah. We're trying to make a Okanagan Valley yeah. red wine. I mean. Yeah. We have, you know, this expertise in Bordeaux. I learned to make wine in Bordeaux. I worked in Bordeaux before coming here. Mm-hmm. We hire a lot of people from Bordeaux. You know, we have this big connection with it. But, you know, it's we're not trying to recreate a left bank or a Saint-Emilion. That's not what we're trying to do. You know, mm-hmm. we think a Suez Rose has its own identity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, coming back to the vineyard, uh, the Suez Rose vineyard is this 80 acres of absolutely beautiful land, beautiful vines. And, you know, over the last 15 years, it hasn't changed. We had never, we've never bought grapes, and we haven't had uh, any new vineyards come in, and we haven't taken away from that property. No. And so what we really get is the essence of it is the vintage. Yeah. And, and that's what we think and, is really and, important. And I would say the property's pretty much just at the age where the Bordelais would like it anyway. Exactly. Like, for, the, for them, this is still very young. Yeah. But I, I think it's coming into its own. You know, we have, you know... A, it was planted between 1998 and 2006. Yeah. Uh, and so we've got our, especially I think as our Cabernet Franc um, is coming into its own. Mm-hmm. Um, There's something that I've noticed over the last three years is, you know, the Cabernet Franc, it was slightly disjointed in 2019. It wasn't quite there. And I've noticed it even in 21, which is a really complicated vintage. Mm-hmm. For me, it was singing. And it mm-hmm. was that, 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 were, that was, for me, the, the variety that really stood out. Now, the young wine that you brought... Uh is the 19? It is a 19. It doesn't yeah. have a label, but yeah. it is a 2019, I promise. And so it's not released yet. It's not. And uh, so why did you bring this wine? What? Tell us. Well, I think it was my first. It was my first vintage at a Swiss Rose. Uh, okay. By the way, I was in the vineyard, and it's a vintage I really liked, and it's a wine I really enjoy. Mm. Uh, and it sort of demonstrates our new thinking in, within the company of this is the direction we want to go in. Mm-hmm. And so also I wanted you to try it, Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's quite a pretty wine, too. It's it, as you, you know, I, I use that word, the freshness, the prettiness, the elegance, I guess, is the word yeah, that I'm exactly. looking for. Like, that's where the money is. I, I sometimes, when, when I talk to people, like, if the wine is elegant, then it's already, exactly. that, that, that's made the... I completely agree, and I think elegance is, is a word I haven't used, but you you hit the nail on the head, and that's exactly what we're looking for, is elegance. You know, those are the best wines that age, are the wines that have elegance. I think it's been a wonderful wine for BC, because it's set, it set a standard, it, you know, found its feet, we, we learned a lot about vineyards, we learned a lot about, about uh, the way to grow grapes from the French with this project, and I think it's infected a lot of people here. But what I like most about Asoyos La Rose is that it has the ability to age, and yeah. we've, we've seen it yeah. consistently you know, over the 20 years of uh, product that we've been tasting, maybe more than 20 now, I guess. Yeah, well, getting, I'm getting old. This is our this is our 21 was our 20th vintage. Yeah, well there Last you go. Vintage was 2001. Uh, 
Great to meet you. Yeah. Uh, Soyuz La Rose available. It's actually available in uh, BC liquor it's stores. Available, it's available throughout Canada. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're in, well, in one of our biggest markets is, is Ontario and Quebec. But uh, yeah. we are available in all the BC liquor stores. Um, and, you know, our two wines, Pétain and Le Grand Vin. Thanks for dropping by. Thanks for having me. We're going we're gonna to keep track of these wines yeah. now that you're in charge. Yeah, yeah. Please yeah. do. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, Michael, great to meet you again. Michael Comins, the CEO and winemaker for Osoyas La Rose. Uh, we're on our Oliver Osoyas Grape Escape. Uh, we're going to wrap it up shortly with uh, one of the newly minted masters of wine in Canada, Jeffrey Moss, who is a bit of an expert on the Black Sage Bench, where we are. We're going to talk about that. A few other things to wrap up the show on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Refreshing, relaxing, romantic. Get away to Therapy Vineyards and stay at their modern, comfortable, and spacious boutique inn. Experience your moment of awe from the balcony of your room while taking in the panoramic views of the vineyards and Okanagan Lake. Capture the essence of the grape-growing season while luxuriating at your home base for wine tours. Oh, and did we mention award-winning wines? Book your relaxing retreat or perfect couples getaway today at therapyvineyards.com. The legend lives on. Three Finger Jack roamed the rugged, lawless gold country wilderness along the east ridge of Lodi in Old California, searching relentlessly for riches. The gold may be gone, but this wine, grown in the land where Jack rode, pays tribute to his outlaw nature, a bold Cabernet Sauvignon, truly worthy of that legendary name. Three Finger Jack, outlaw by nature. Discover the legend at a BC liquor store near you or visit threefingerjack.com. It doesn't have to be alcohol to be rock and roll. It just has to be naughty. Bring the party with Naughty from Thompson and Scott. Beautifully crafted, organic, vegan, alcohol-free sparkling wines that have taken the drinks industry by storm. Beautiful bubbles, no alcohol, no compromise. So go ahead, get naughty. You've got nothing to lose but your preconceptions of what alcohol-free can be. Visit softcrush.ca for more details. Take a break from the hustle and bustle of the city and relax in the beautiful South Okanagan. Get outside and enjoy fantastic wine and culinary offerings throughout the region. You'll find over 180 of BC's finest wineries. From the Naramata Bench to Summerland's Bottleneck Drive to Oliver Asuyus Wine Country. But before you go, make sure to check the website for updates on weather, highways, health advisories, or for more trip inspiration. Go to visitsouthokanagan.com. Now, back to Burrowing Owl Estate Winery and the Grape Escape. This is BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network as we uh, wrap up our road show live from the Burrowing Owl Estate Winery. Uh, I thought it'd be fun to talk to uh, Jeffrey Moss uh, as we wrap up here. Of course, uh, Jeff is one of the latest MWs in the world, Masters of Wine, living in Penticton. Jeff, uh, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. You have a company called Lithic uh, Wine Marketing. But you know a lot about the Black Sage Bench, so I thought it'd be nice to wrap up with you because you did some work uh, years ago with uh, Phantom Creek. That's right, yeah. What What is the Black Sage Bench, or what, what should people know about it that maybe they don't know? Or Well, I think it's tempting to view the Black Sage Bench as monolithic almost. Yeah, kind of like as one, one big 
bench. Yeah, it's not. But it's it's much more nuanced than that. Uh, yeah. It's actual multiple benches here over yeah. two floods that occurred tens of thousands of years ago, yeah. carving an upper bench and a lower bench here on the Black Sage bench. And there's about 100 meters difference in elevation, so much different growing conditions between those two benches. Um, and so it's not just sandy soils, warm, sunny, hot yeah. afternoons. It's, it's much more nuanced here than that. Yeah. Well, I remember Pedro Perro telling me, sand is not sand, Tony. Like, you know, take a, you know, it's different sized granules. There's all kinds of things going on in that alone let alone, uh, you know, the two different levels. What about grapes? Like, if you if you had a free hand today, what, what sort of grapes would you be planting on the Black Sage bench? Well, two come to mind. Yeah. The first, I think, is Cabernet Sauvignon. And I think that's an underdog in the Okanagan in some cases. Because it's hard to ripen. Yeah, but there's an argument on the Black Sage bench, and I think there's an argument for a couple reasons. A lot of people look to Merlot as an alternate, but Merlot accumulates sugar very quickly, ends up having high alcohols in some cases, loses its acidity, its freshness. Yeah. And so Cabernet overcomes a lot of those problems. It's later ripening, slower to accumulate sugars. Yeah. So we have a little bit lower alcohols as a result. A and little higher also, acidity. Yeah, more freshness. Yeah. And so I think, you know, with things like climate change, it's getting warmer. We can ripen Cabernet on the Black Sage bench vintage to vintage, almost with no problem, as long as we don't get greedy in the vineyard, keep yields low and appropriate. Uh, and with just good, solid vineyard mm-hmm. management. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot now because now I want to know, so what what, what are some of your favorite Black Sage Bench wines? Well, a lot come to mind. I think Cabernet is still kind of a, a potential. Cabernet Sauvignon or Cabernet Franc? Cabernet Sauvignon, sorry, okay. is where there's potential. And yeah. I think you see people like Phantom Creek is a great example uh, with uh, wines from Phantom Creek Vineyard coming to mind. Yep. Syrah would be the other grape variety. Yeah. You know, Syrah, we're thinking of Rhone. Uh, can absorb a lot of sun, a lot of heat. Uh, and just across the Black Sage Bench, you see it doing very well from Burring Owl, where we are today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barchier does a really kind of elegant expression of mm-hmm. Syrah that I really like. And uh, you can almost go all the way down, and I think you'll find great Syrahs right at the Black Sage yeah. Bench. I don't know if you tasted today, but I've had a couple of great rosés from the Black Sage Bench, which seems odd, but... Uh, uh, I think w- winemaking can overcome some of those things, eh? some some thinking ahead of time. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's it's smart vineyard management. So a lot of people now making purposeful rosés. Yeah. So their yields are a little higher. They're cropping the vineyard a little bit higher because they don't need to accumulate tons of sugar. Yeah. Uh, so keep the alcohols lower, emphasize freshness, and pick earlier too. I mean, a yeah. lot of times before you would look at rosé back labels and you'd see 14% alcohol. Now it's much more moderate and lean, you know, 12, 12.5, not uncommon. Mm-hmm. And 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 starting out in the vineyard as I'm going to make rosé in this vineyard probably is a, is helpful too. Not, Ex- not just taking something and, you know, taking some color out of it. Exactly. Before maybe it was an afterthought, a way to concentrate our reds, but now it's much more purposeful. Yeah. People have dedicated blocks. A couple of old wines here. I know if you taste them from 2097 from the Black Sage Bench, you had to be pretty brave to plant some red grapes back <laughs> then. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't try that one yet. I'm going to get to that. I mean, what's in my glass right now is the Maverick uh, Bushbine Syrah, which wow. is outstanding. Isn't that interesting, huh? Yeah, love that wine. Jeff, I wish we had more time. We're going to have to have you back, but uh, good to get your thoughts on the Black Sage Bench, which get, sort of gets overlooked a bit amongst all the, the GIs that have been going on in the Okanagan at the moment. Yeah, I think, again, it's about the nuance, and I think once people dig in, there's a lot here to discover. Yeah. 
Well, thanks so much, and congratulations on your MW. You know, you finally made it to London. You got, you got it. Uh, you know, you got the handshake. And the, the, is it up on the wall yet at your house? Or? I have two copies now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to auction one off. <laughs> yeah, right on. Uh, thanks so much, uh, Jeff. Great. Thanks very much for Always having me. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Jeffrey Moss, MW, and owner of Lithic and Wine Marketing, right here in Penticton, British Columbia, our own uh, latest master of wine. Uh, he wraps up the show here, and we've had a fantastic time here on the Black Sage Bench. Uh, really been, uh, really had some wonderful hospitality here uh, at uh, Brewing Owl Estate Winery, and we've enjoyed our uh, time on site. A big thanks to, of course, our producer on site, Mike Whittingham, our assignment producer, Sherry Caleb, our director of operations, Stu Ferguson, and back home in the BNN 1410 Home Studios, Dwayne Bishop. Now, next week... We'll be on the road again, this time in the Similkameen Valley, broadcasting from Corslet Estate Wineries. Until then, I'm Anthony Gismondi, and you've been listening to the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. That's it for today's show. This is BC Food & Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. 